Welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George, the show that talks about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Dan, I love you. Oh, I love you too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that the opening of the show. <laughs> I'm just gonna open with you saying, "Dan, no, I love no you." There's no context. The people don't. I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> Uh, that's fair. That's fair. You know who I don't hate? Our wonderful guest, Belinda Clear. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. This is super exciting. I, I love because of because of where I know I'm going to edit that. It sounds like the fastest introduction of a guest we've ever had. <laughs> But we have been chatting about how fun our show is <laughs> for like five minutes. But anyway, Belinda, welcome. You are you are everywhere right now. I, I just keep seeing people sharing your news story. Congratulations. You made the news. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was kind of exciting. Yeah, and like we we've been trying to book this since we were on the same show together. Probably what a month ago now. Like it's a few weeks ago. it's going yeah, back a few weeks ago, and we we keep like uh, having to reschedule and change, and it's mostly on us. And I'll I'll admit mostly on me because I kept forgetting that holidays existed <laughs> and that I was doing things for them. But it it works out perfectly. Your your story is out there. We'll be able to share it with the people. How does it feel to be? Like, talk of the town right now. I, it, actually, it feels really good. You know, I've got so many um, lips on my butt right now that I don't need toilet paper. Good place to be. Good place <laughs> right? to yeah. be, Belinda. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, wow. So this is what being a mediocre celebrity feels like. Yeah. You get yeah, to do right. feel feelings. You have reached local celebrity. <laughs> oh, yeah, like... I'm Delaware famous. <laughs> I, I love that. Like the, at the end of the story where he was like from Wilmington and he like really I hits know. it. It's like, we are <laughs> Wilmington now. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, thanks a lot. I never tell, I never tell people my age or that I actually live in Delaware. <laughs> uh, I didn't even catch that. Like, your age was thrown in there, but I guess it's a pretty important part of the story that like, it's a horrible part of the story. I mean, I've been lying about my age. And so he just put it out there. Oh no. They didn't give you like a, like a screener to. (laughs) No, no. And I had told him, I said to him, like, don't use my age. And he said, well, you use it on stage. I said, yeah, but I've been 40 for 17 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's a move. It's comedy. I don't use my real age. Yeah, I, I use whatever number exactly, sounds the funniest in the joke. Yeah, which is also why I am 17-year-old wonder comedian George Bruderman. <laughs> you make 17 look really good. I look seven. I make 17 look stressed out, Belinda. Don't lie. Yeah. I look like a strung-out 17-year-old drinking a Pat's Blue Ribbon talking about my feelings because it's court-ordered. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you spent a lot of time keeping your parents together. Uh, someone's got it. Yeah, if not for you. <laughs> uh, they're divorced. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but this is great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This is going to be a, a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. This is super exciting. Uh, this is the most energy we've ever had out of a guest because it's usually comedians that don't want to be here. And I'm so thrilled that you are like you're like i'm so excited and you sound it this is amazing I am. this is my first this is the first podcast i've been invited on are you serious what? i know right all right i i produced like nine shows i'm going to fix that i'm, oh. I'm gonna make sure that everybody asks you to be on now awesome. <laughs> you, you you seem like one of those people ever since i started especially in this area that like is everywhere they're like, it doesn't matter where the show is, that like you've been on mm-hmm. it. So I just assumed everybody has asked you to do everything. No, not quite. But yeah, I, I do like um I do like spreading myself around. I do like keeping busy with comedy. I love comedy. So how much does it like get you to, to travel anymore? Like, because I see you here all the time, but I, I know you're doing a ton of stuff and you're Canadian at that. <laughs> that like Right. Yeah. So um since I got picked for the laughter lab, I, I've uh, slowed down with the traveling. Like I, I was going back and forth across the country, but I've been working since I got picked for the finalist for the 
the laughter lab, I'm working um, with a really talented comedian, Maureen Ferguson on. Oh, on, she rules. She, she did the, uh, she did the poster for Meg's uh, album recording. And yeah. on top of that, she was also very funny. <laughs> very funny and very talented. So, uh, so we are pitching to television networks in September for my sitcom called Staying on the Right Side of Sanity, Diary of a Dirt Road Diva. I am so excited for this. We were talking about it in the green room a little bit. And then to see you kind of bring the story to jokes on stage was just like, it was a marvel. I was just like watching in awe the entire show of like, oh, no, this is a very weird and complicated life. And it's only funny right now. And like, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun that, yeah, there's that I've been able to find some humor in it. But yeah, so um, I wouldn't trust anybody else with the story but Maureen because she gets it and she gets me like, yeah, I'm a special brand of crazy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, and yeah, we did it. We got a good comedian. And I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hundred and some episodes. They like me. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Casey Kuftick, who just chuckled and talked about his glory days, like what that are five years ago. But Belinda is a star. Uh, and we're so excited to have you. Should we spin our wheel to see what we're talking about? Yeah, let's do that. Sure. All right. And we got clueless. As if. Yeah, I am certain when we get to uh, what the people said that it's going to be a lot of share and clueless. <laughs> and, Fair. And as if, and a bunch of nose jobs randomly in the background. That's my favorite part about that whole movie. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Belinda, what makes you feel clueless? Or when have you felt clueless? The floor is yours. Okay, so technology makes me feel clueless. Um, I was in the 10th grade when computers were invented. And um, the teacher, my biology teacher said, did you guys want to take a computer science class? And I said, is it mandatory? And he said, no. And I was like, <laughs> OK, no, thanks, because that crap's not going to catch on. Uh, I was determined oh, not to learn how to use any form of equipment, even that. like I graduated from high school in the 80s. So um, typewriters were a thing then. And I didn't even want to learn to type. I had decided that I was always going to have a secretary. And when I was in college, I paid someone a six pack to type all my papers. So um, unfortunately, Beautiful. I was not a visionary. And so technology <laughs> <laughs> sort of took off on me. So there was computers, <laughs> then there were car phones and mobile phones and now cell phones. And I have been forced to learn, but, uh, I'm very intimidated by technology and completely clueless when it comes to technology. And um, I try to befriend 20-year-olds <laughs> who are techno-savvy <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, I try to find something that I can offer them so that they will show me how to, to do technical stuff. So uh, Yeah, so now you need to get somebody to just record your sets and put your your tiktoks out for you because right yeah oh, i need that i need someone to do that there's no sense to it trust me, as someone that not bragging just saying fifteen thousand likes on it on, on on tiktok fifteen thousand thousand people thought i was funny that's not nothing you should brag no, yeah no, that's, nothing. that's a because, very big deal because friend of the show sean nelms got reposted by barstool sports and he has eight million likes and i don't like that wow <laughs> Well, yeah, whatever. Stupid Sean. Stupid Sean Nelms. Are we going to have to bring in a fuck Sean Nelms? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. But no, I have no clue how any of it's done. I just, I got my Philly's Funniest set. I chopped it up into pieces and I thought, okay, like once every two weeks I'll post something just so I'd have something to post, something to share, something to prove to my relatives that people like me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, this this one blew up. However, I will say like, all of a sudden, my my uh, sister-in-law uh, was like, you have to check the analytics to see when you should be commenting on people that are commenting. Like, it's so advanced and minute of, like, <sighs> how you ride the lightning <laughs> of, of a video that goes up. It's strange. I don't... I, like, I'm see, from a generation that grew up with technology, and I still don't get 
half of this stuff at all. Yeah. That, that's the whole thing, because, I mean, when... We, we were pretty good about it for a while of using the analytics and knowing when to post for, like, promoting our show. But then I just got tired of keeping up with it because it changed subtly mm -hmm. all the time. But also, it was, like, upsetting to see that it made such a difference. Yeah. That, like, if it's good, it should just yeah. be good. But, like, I have to post it at 3 o'clock for it to be, like, uh -huh. good. Could you post it and then just repost it at 3 o'clock? No, because then it registers. I've gotten away same. with that a couple times, but like, oh. it knows. at least yeah, at least yeah. with TikTok, it knows because I've I've already I, the first clip I posted from my from my Philly's funniest set. Um, I didn't really know how to edit around it. I just sort of got myself in frame for a whole chunk of it, and then put like a header above it in the black bars of how it was framed. Uh -huh. um, if I reposted that with better editing and then put repost on the bottom, they would actually squash that thing because it says, no, you've already posted this. So I'd have to, yeah. I think the trick is you have to delete it, wait a day, then post it and then say repost it. It'll register that it's been posted before and go, oh, they might be missing this. Get Interesting. It. I didn't realize that like uh -huh. it like washes out. Yeah. Like I'd be doing that more often. Yeah. We we tried it as an experiment because me and Casey posted the same TikTok and hers got way more views because hers were posted first. Interesting. But they were wow. identical videos. It's the one of me inside a cardboard box and I just say, box! Like, this is the whole video. I think it's an hysterical thing that it should have been pushed to the front because it's just fun absurdity uh, and it's got, like, three views on it or something. Really? Yeah. Now, I watched like, that's, that. That's what it's TikTok is for. Thank it's you. a thing you see for three seconds and you're gone. Like... I'm never going to go back to that, but I'd yeah. be happy no, I saw I had to, it. I had, to, I, had to, I had to post a minute of about a joke about a band that I like, and people were like, that's the one. That's it. That's good for you. But apparently the same thing happened to Sean Elms, where, like, you know, he's worked really hard on being a stand-up. I've watched him sit down and obsess over jokes. I've watched him write web series because he's like, I got to do something that is part of my art, you know? And he does a whole web series and he, and he writes and he says sketch and improv and he's just really great performer. And then the clip that gets him viral is just him filming his son while he's hungover. Like, like him <laughs> filming his infant child while he is hungover, I should specify. I mean, well... Good for him, but also, that's an entirely different thing. Babies and dogs are going to beat stand-up every time. Like, every you, time. you can't hold yourself that's up true. against the... Well, I don't know. The kids got to be interesting, though. Yeah. The kids... Got... Yeah, because I've watched some comedians' kids, and I'm not going to oh, say their name names, names, but they... Throw are those old. babies name under names. the bus. Name <laughs> no, I won't say names. But I will say a comedian's kid that I absolutely adore, and that's uh, Jake Matera's Oh, uh, the son. sweetest. That kid's got personality. He's got he got what it takes to keep your interest. Isn't He's it, adorable and unpredictable. Isn't it funny where, like, you surround yourself with these, these artists and these comedians and these performers, and then they have kids, and you see that kid be really funny, and you're like, damn it. It was the kid. Like, the kid was the key the whole time. The kid's going to be the funny one. The kid's going to yeah. be the famous one. Yes. I knew him yes. when he was a baby. Like, that's all we're going to get oh, to say. Yeah. We don't get a I little know. taste of oh, it. You're, you're, you're about to say <laughs> Steve Bickle. That that new baby, that baby's going to be famous. Yeah, it doesn't Daisy, have a choice. Daisy, yeah. I'm like, I'm the president of Daisy's fan club. Like, that kid, <laughs> he's got a million-dollar smile. And every all of his kids are like... They're hilarious. Like, yeah, uh, if they don't become comedians, I'll be disappointed if they waste their life on engineering or something. Yeah, I should say enemy of the show, Steve Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, enemy of the show, Steve Bickle. But, you yeah, know, he posts uh, quotes from, I guess, his daughters. Like, one thing was just, oh, what was it? I, I don't want to quote his, his quote, but it was like such a funny, irreverent, quick joke. That. I oh, don't know. The one about, medi the one about meteor meteorology. Yeah. Um, it was like, what's the study of weather? Meteorology. I don't know. Meteorology. Meteorology. Oh, I was close. Yes. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that made me laugh. And I was at work and I was not supposed to be looking. And I was like, nope. nope nothing's funny. <laughs> I can I can picture the laugh, Dan, of like you in oh, a I classroom. Oh, I literally caught it. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> like you do a little giggle every once yeah. in a while. You did the giggle. Oh, for sure. I know yeah. your giggle. Kids, yeah, kids are 
Well, it's got to be an interesting kid. Not every kid's interesting. Oh, some kids are so boring. I know. And they I still them, try to be comedians. But like, <laughs> <laughs> or like if their parent is out there trying to post them, but they just let, sometimes you just got to let a kid be a kid. Like they're trying too hard. Yeah. And and the kid's just not a natural. I do wonder what the, like, the generational backlash will be of like kids who have like their literal entire life has been online against their wishes of like when they kind of reach an age of agency, like what are they going to do? Yeah. Like, will they continue it by default or will they just like fully go against it? I'm very uncomfortable with the idea and I have a couple friends that do it and that is totally their prerogative. But I do not like when parents for like a newborn will set up an Instagram or like a social media site as if it's sort of this heirloom to give to them when they're right ready to have it. Like it's just strange to me, you know, like there is kids though. Do you have, I kids? do not have kids and I can understand okay. posting videos and, and showing like showing your kid off. I don't like the fact that when we were growing up, our parents were like, you're not having a MySpace, you're going to get kidnapped. And now we're making them prenatal. Yeah, okay. So I could see where it would be dangerous. Mm -hmm. it's, um, I could see where, and I mean, that takes the fun out of it. But like, I think like having a new baby, especially if I only had one kid. And I mean, they didn't have social media. He's 26. So none of this stuff was... um happening yeah but uh and i kind of got lazy like uh for the first maybe seven years of his life i got a picture of everything he did and yeah. I was like, look at him eating corn on the cob yeah but that's and, fun and that's what you show around the dinner table or like even if you want to post it on your social media that's right, fun yeah it's the it's like the college fund thing of like don't worry we've started getting you friends on the internet <laughs> yeah. already like it's it's a weird, it's the Gerber life plan, but it's an Instagram page. Like it's a weird. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is like, and I know adults that do it. I don't take like, I don't take how many people like my post seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, and so, and I'm not checking. Oh, only two people liked it. If two people liked it, cool. That's two people that liked it. Like my validation doesn't come from how many likes I get. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if I was on TikTok and got 15,000, yeah. then I would, that would be a game changer. So yeah. I'd remember that number. Listen, <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah. Belinda, but you were on the news. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're Wilmington's own. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, when you say it, it gives me pain. Wilmington's oh. own. <laughs> yeah, so, but no, um, yeah, so I, I, and I guess my mindset is not for all the predators that are out there, but I do think some people post um, risque pictures of their kids that I would be like, oh, I yeah. wouldn't do that if I were you because you don't know what kind of perverts are roaming the internet. So I get it. Um yeah, yeah. But, um, per perverts are everywhere, right, Dan? Yeah. Gotcha journalism. <laughs> I, I can't say no. I sound defensive. <laughs> no. No, perverts aren't here. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I do agree with you, Belinda, with the whole technology thing. Where, like, again, it comes from the, the ignorance and arrogance from my end where I'm like, really? You're going to make your, your kid have a... Like, it's like... I feel like technology... To stay clueless is better because to be in it, to be in the whole technology sphere is way scarier. <laughs> like to well, to stay away from it is the might be the right answer for sure. Well, um, yeah, I, I would have to agree with that because uh, you don't want a kid thinking that their validation comes from complete strangers. Exactly. And I mean, and I do think that social media is great. Like it's been a great way for me to reconnect with friends um, that I grew up with a million years ago. But on another hand, like when people are like, ah, rest in peace, pop pop, you would have been 209 yeah. today. <laughs> Happy yeah. birthday in heaven. <laughs> yeah, like th this past weekend, all the stuff of like, if Thomas Jefferson didn't die 200 years ago, he'd be this old. Like, who cares? Yeah, but he did die 200 years yeah. ago. Let's move yeah. on. Big if. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and some some people think that social media is a diary and that they are obligated by law to report to it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I follow this friend who posted, oh, my God, I met the love of my life. We're moving in together. That was on Saturday. On Monday, oh, my God, everything fell apart, and I got to move out. <laughs> Does yeah. anybody have an apartment? <laughs> and that was like, wow. That's amazing. That was quick. <laughs> there are these kind of weird snapshots that you see as as you go on. And, and sure, nice to watch. Nice to watch from the window as you pass. But don't be so drawn to it that you have to think that you have to be a part of it yeah no well like and people that are just on there for likes i purposely ignore everything <laughs> yeah. they say e- even my best friends like I <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i scroll past it's like okay you're too thirsty yeah. i you know and you're posting and i know you're lying yeah. <laughs> yeah. and everybody becomes a saint on on social media oh, it's like the people like the the people you see on social media versus the people that are using the social media are not right. the same oh no yeah all. and yeah, and I mean, I've done, I've worked in the, the community mental health for years, so I already know. Mm-hmm. Like, your social media persona is all lies. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I know, yeah. I know, I had a friend who re, uh, tried to actively um, only portray the life that they are living. And meanwhile, it's a curated life, obviously, that's the whole uh-huh. point of it, but like, they would never post, like, brunch with my girlies they were like i went on this trip to ireland it was life-changing here's a picture of a more i'll see you in six months <laughs> like they were just like this is where i've been like almost like a like a scrapbook instead of a like yeah that's cool yeah no, that's cool they actively tried to like not falsify who they were and were just sort of giving objective truths to like this is me and this is what i'm up to and I'll post when the next time I feel obligated to post, I, you know? I think that's where yeah. my my cluelessness with social media comes in the most, is where, like, I think it's because, like, I know the game. Like, I, I'm not playing it, but I know it. So, mm-hmm. like, when I look uh-huh. at it, and, like, I'm using Instagram to post pictures of things that I'm going to want to look at later, basically. They're like, I, uh-huh. if they get likes, they get likes, but... They're really only for me to go back and be like, here's a thing I liked and I want to see it again later. So it's here. Do we have a definition of what social media was supposed to be up top? Honestly, I think it was this. I think it is what it was supposed to be. Okay. That just turned out to be a way bigger version of it than... It wasn't Farmville. Yeah. Because that was like (laughs) a big... Which is a game I never played. And I deleted it. I deleted everybody that sent me an invite. Yep. <laughs> like, How dare you? Click. Yeah, there, there was a hard mute button for any anybody who ever invited me to a game to uh, answer a quiz. Just, just nope. If that's what you're using Facebook for, I uh, don't need it. See, I just I, I like how people utilize like when people utilize it, utilize social media in a new and interesting way, like. Like someone that would post just like a scrapbook and it's always the kind of a different kind of stylized photo or something or like I I use Facebook to test jokes and it's not even like to see how many likes it gets. It's I'll post something on my Facebook story and then a year later when it comes back on my memories, I can pop up and go, that still makes me laugh. All right. In the notebook. Uh, I I do that, too. It's weird. That's cool. But but you got to be careful mm-hmm. because some people like. I see people steal other people's jokes mm-hmm. off of mm-hmm. off of social media. And like since I study uh the art form of comedy, like I recognize other people's jokes and like there are people that weren't even born when Sam Kennison was alive mm-hmm. that are doing Sam Kennison's oh, yeah. jokes. Oh yeah. And, That's and, a part of it too when it comes to new comics. New comics, if you're listening, um don't bite people's shit and also like go back Listen to stuff that you find your voice in, but it's like, go back 10, 20 years, go back 30 years, 
go back as far as you want. We're like, I know Dan loves Bob Newhart and I hear Bob Newhart in some of his jokes when he doesn't, because I know that's what he's grown accustomed to. Uh, and that's what he learned how to do stand up with as he saw uh -huh. Bob Newhart on his show and went, yeah, no, I, I, I can see that. Um, I saw that. But, but it's different when you're doing someone else, you know, when you're doing a style similar to someone that you grew up admiring as into doing their jokes. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's such it's a weird a thing because, like, you keep seeing stuff in the kind of this era of everything gets a documentary where all these these comics keep getting kind of brought back into the zeitgeist and all of a sudden a lot of people just start to disappear. They're like, oh, they're they're still here. They don't need to be updated. They just still yeah. exist. So, like, the people who are trying to, like, take it are gone. They just vanish. Like, yeah. a lot of the Carlin people seem to be disappearing. I'm hoping that I had an incident a couple months ago where uh, a headliner for one of the, um, the shows that I produced was on. Someone sat in the audience and wrote down his jokes. Oh. And then and and then proceeded to do his jokes at other shows. And when another comic questioned him, he said, "Oh, we agreed to share these jokes, That's not and how that you was that. not the <laughs> case." And then he then to he he taped uh, a live recording that's going to be pitched to um, Amazon Prime. He did a live recording, and this is not a young comic. This is an old comic um, who did it. I'll tell you the names offline. Ooh, but, I, I hope so. I, I, yeah. I feel so bad for our listeners for how often it's just, nah, we'll, we'll tell you later. Yeah, we do a lot of like talking shit during the break. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like, uh, but like I couldn't, but like, yeah, so I mean, there should be an unwritten code of ethics. Mm -hmm. Like even, if, I mean, yeah, like I'm a woman over 50, so... I mean, any woman over 50 writing jokes, and there's a lot of us, um, we're going to have similar experiences. Um, so that's why I try to also, I will write about my being over 50 experiences, but I'll also write about, you know, stuff that's uniquely me, like yeah. being black growing up in Nova Scotia um, in a family that doesn't like black people. Yeah, yeah like. That's my favorite part of that story. <laughs> Those jokes are amazing. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah. And I think that um, we all have to add, regardless of what style, because I don't think there's an original style. I grew up watching Carol Burnett, Flip Wilson, and I love Bob Newhart as well. Um, and so, like, I, the, the Bob Newhart, I don't know, Dan, you're kind of young, so you might not know he had two shows. Yeah, like, yeah. One show where he was a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and then another show where he owned an inn in, in New Hampshire. Yep. Yeah, yeah Bob so, Newhart and Newhart. <laughs> right. I kind of thought of a different title. Like, even Faulty Towers wasn't called Mighty Python Presents Faulty Towers. Like, they're I, very different shows. I forget. He had a third show, too, that it, it didn't end up going, but it was also his name, but, like, his real name. I forget what his real name is. But it was, like... Oh, really? The title mm -hmm. was, like, his actual first name, and... I, it didn't last very long, I don't think, but I, just one of those. I read his book and I was like, seriously, like, that's the the best you could do. You ran out of your name, so you like came clean about your actual name. I think yes. it was him and Judd Hirsch. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. I like Judd Hirsch. Yeah. So and I like the old the old uh, sitcoms like Mary Tyler Moore. Mm. I mean, I mean, those are the ones I watched more more than anything that was on like contemporary when I was growing up. I watched those because you could watch like six of them in a row and reruns instead of watching one at a time and waiting like a week or or six months even for like a new episode wow. of something funny. So, so like yeah. all of those, like even even Happy Days that I watch now and like it feels good for nostalgia, but it's not incredibly funny. But like. <laughs> I know, like I well, and I watched it when I was growing up, and then I got bored with it. Uh, then I then I go back, like you said, for nostalgia reasons. And I took maybe I haven't watched an episode in about ten years, but every time I go back, like you do have to love the characters. Yeah, yeah, like Henry Winkler and Ron Howard. Yeah, the classic yeah. man. 
I, uh, it also helps that the two of them seem to be like the nicest people in the world sure. still. So like I go back yeah. and watch them young and it's just like, isn't it nice that they're nice? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I believe that that's the key to longevity in this business. Mm. Uh, I, I do think because there's a lot of talented people out here and, you know, you only have to spend five minutes with them to find out why they're not famous because yeah. they're assholes mm-hmm. and um, or why, like, you know, you're looking at like an Andrew Dice Clay and <laughs> in the 90s, like, yeah, he was selling out everywhere. And now, like, if you look at his, if you go online, he might have six shows for the entire year. Yeah, yeah, I he mean, he really came back to earth. And like, honestly, lately when he's been acting, he's been awesome, and he's been doing a lot of interviews and stuff. And it seems like he's really kind of embraced the calmer, older version of a person, and not the well, yeah, gross nursery rhymes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, rejection makes you humble, but like uh, a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of talented people, they rise to the top and they get arrogant, but they don't realize that you can come back down just as fast. Oh, yeah. Because like, yeah. I've, I've seen like because um, I started doing comedy in college um, and then when I moved to Philly in the early 90s. And so I've seen some like super duper famous people I like um that came through the funny bone when Philly had a funny bone. Oh wow, and, yeah. Like Paula Poundstone, Danny Bonaducci, um and like <laughs> almost <laughs> quite a drastic difference between the two. <laughs> right. Actually they were on the same show. Oh I I, I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't like, think they would be now. <laughs> open yeah, opening night, Danny Bonaducci and Paula but but then you see their careers you know, and a lot a lot of um people who went on to have their own sitcoms and uh, some of them have never stopped working. And then some of them have just sizzled away. And just from working in the front office at the funny bone, there's no surprise to me, the ones who had their career sizzled yeah, because they weren't, they weren't always the nicest people in the world. Not that Paula Poundstone wasn't a nice person. I, uh, uh, she was super nice, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. No, this thing's so, like the universe tends to, to dole out who should and if 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 it if if it happens before or like if you see someone that maybe doesn't deserve it maybe they're being brought to the top of the mountain to be thrown off you know (laughs) (laughs) uh should we take a quick commercial break and uh we'll come back and talk a little bit more we'll be right back why am i doing this we're not on radio go roll tape now when we come back (laughs) you should reset friends and weirdos i'm meg and i'm Alyssa, and we're the host over at the podcast real chills do you love the unexplained do you listen closer for things that go bump in the night if so real chills podcast is for you the best part is all our stories are true you can check us out on spotify and if you have a story you'd like to share email us at realchillspodcast at gmail.com Hey everybody, Danny here with Plugs. You can catch Belinda with the return of her one-woman show, Staying on the Right Side of Sanity, Diary of a Dirt Road Diva, which will be back on stage in October. And I cannot recommend it more. Belinda is one of the funniest people I've seen on stage in the entire time I've been doing comedy. She is fantastic, a wonderful performer. She also has a monthly show at the Comedy Corner at Bootless Stageworks Theater in Delaware. She's always booking great lineups, so go check that out. George and I are at Feel Feelings Pod. You can find us on all the places like share, rate, review, whatever app you use lets you do. That would be awesome. We would really appreciate it. Feel free to reach out. Let us know how you're feeling. On the Wasted Robot side of things, you can check out all the other shows on the network at WastedRobotRecords.com. And that's it for the week. Back to the show. You're listening to Feel Feelings. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the break. We're here with Belinda Clear. 
I don't know. I don't know. How, we're so so not used to doing it that way <laughs> that I don't know what to say after that. I will say there is there is a trend that's going around on the internet, which is fuck the internet. But uh, there is a trend going around where it's people doing amazing spot on impressions of NPR radio hosts. <laughs> where it's like my favorite as someone pulled off my favorite one because my favorite npr person is lakshmi singh and it's just a girl going like for npr news i'm lakshmi singh and i was like fuck you nailed it i mean that <laughs> is the npr cadence for sure <laughs> well no like the first person that did it did ira glass and it was the perfect ira glass like the way that ira glass's words all run into themselves and at the end of it you're like oh Oh, that was a whole sentence. God, oh, I'm a little dizzy. Uh, the, the, some kid did the one from like the Daily, which is like the Spotify version of NPR. Uh, just really good, really fun. So I'm learning how to do an NPR voice. <laughs> is what is the point of this non sequitur? Damn. Oh, so which 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 NPR um, reporter are you? Yeah. Oh, that what a fun quiz. Um, I. I don't remember his name, but I want to be the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Whoever that guy is. Oh, Peter is. Sagal? Peter Sagal. I want to be Peter Sagal. I am amazed I could pull. There's like three names I know. And I, I would have said Peter Sagal also because I don't have other examples to go. <laughs> Chris Feely from Punch Brothers and Nickel Creek was the musical director for Grand Ole Opry for a while. And I would like, I think that counts as an NPR host. Mm. As if, wow, Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. How old are you? I'm an ancient old man trapped in a 17 year old's <laughs> body. That's why I, like, I yeah. look young, but my back hurts. Uh, <laughs> that's, fu that's funny. Yeah, he, he has the that. age of a drunk 17 year old. I'm if fine. You don't I love get to the stage. That's funny. I look young, but my back hurts. <laughs> that's a great line. Genuinely, I did throw my back out. I don't know what I did. I just woke up the day after on on Fourth of July. I woke up. Oh, are you thirty now? I am thirty. I woke up. I feel like, ah. But uh, no, I had to like leave work early yesterday because I couldn't. We were doing like our, our our inventory count, so we're like on our knees digging through shelves and stuff. And I'm like, I'm going home. And they're like, You can't leave during inventory count. And I was like, I can't move. Wow. You want me laying on the ground? I'm laying on the ground. Like genuinely, today every 15 minutes, I'd go lay on the carpet in the office. <laughs> Not a great um, look. Arnica, that's good for when your back goes out. Yeah. Yeah, Arnica, Montana. Thank you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to a, need this. <laughs> it, it comes in a cream, and it also comes in the homeopathic tablet form. Okay. Do you know how to take a homeopathic tablet? Is it going to be a, a suppository? Because I don't know if I can do that. No. I mean, you just put it in. You can't touch it with your hands. you got to drop it under your tongue. And just let it dissolve. Okay. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. That's easy. For it to be effective. Right now, like the thing that kind of helped me yesterday, and Dan will attest to this, I am not a pot guy, uh, but my fiance played. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gave me like two weed mints, and I just like melted into the sofa, watched Ms. Marvel, and was like, Everything's fine. My bag doesn't even hurt at all. This is great. <laughs> Who even has a bag? <laughs> what is that? Wow, weed mints. Now weed I'm mints. intrigued. Yeah, it's she. She does a lot of weed mints or like weed gummies and stuff. But it's just it's for me. I was always someone that would like smoke in college and then have a panic attack. You know, or like first hit, and you're like, "Do you hate me?" Nerd. Like that kind of person. Uh, I fainted multiple times while smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like brown out and I then said wake nerd up on the too floor. Soon. I just want to say nerd again. <laughs> <laughs> but knowing like the milligrams that affects me a certain way is nice to have, especially in like a legal state like New Jersey. So, yeah, you, know? you live in a legal state, yeah. so you, you you can like experiment yeah. now and like actually like track it in a journal two, scientifically. Two two point <laughs> five weed mints. I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling loose. I don't have pain. Ugh. Dan, we gotta go to Canada. What a novel idea. <laughs> Letting people do what they want. Well, what I tried a to novel learn... idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if we made a country for freedom. And then I've been slowly restricting freedoms. 
Yeah. And somehow the one that didn't fight for its independence and doesn't entirely have it has more. <laughs> Can we go back? Do you think they'll take yeah, We tried to invade Canada during the uh, Revolutionary War, or I think like pre-Revolutionary oh, no, War. I don't want to take that. I want either Canada to take us or England to take us back. Like, oh, we're going we're going the way way back machine. Yeah, <laughs> fair. But I could say I'm clueless about social politics. I have no idea. <laughs> Canada's got the problems. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll throw on BBC America and it does the whole encapsulating like North America and England <laughs> news, and I'm like, oh, oh, not good. Oh, Eng- England had a crazy weekend. I don't know much about it, but it was nuts. What happened in England? <laughs> oh, lots of people getting in lots of trouble. Boris Johnson got in trouble again. Lots of people are resigning. It just keeps happening. Oh, right. I did see that a bunch of yeah. magistrates were, were quitting because this kid, a guy, I say kid, a guy, a grown man um, that does a podcast that I like that's a BBC presenter. Um, like, instead of commenting on all the magistrates that were <laughs> quitting or retiring in mass he was like you guys gotta watch stranger things that guy plays guitar like crazy <laughs> like he's just trying to desperately avoid talking about it anyway my my fart gun's too far out of reach otherwise i'd be uh we need to uh do our own george sure. what makes you feel clueless <laughs> clueless i don't know how to do this show at all <laughs> uh what makes me feel clueless um I can say that with uh, quite a bit of certainty um, that coming... End of story. (laughs) Yep. Coming from a uh, a, a sort of warehouse job and working in retail and working in restaurants and then very quickly working a desk job like I do now has never made me feel more clueless in my life. Like people just say things to you expecting you to know what button to hit in quickbooks without them oh, realizing do you have a lot of acronyms yeah there's a lot of acronyms there's Oof. a lot of there's it's mostly like quickbook shortcuts or um you know certain special requests that people have that you're just supposed to remember and like i get that it's a small company that i work for but they they didn't they didn't prep for the fact that like three years prior george was sleeping in his car outside of a music venue to go play a show like this is a very (laughs) new world to him (laughs) george george was working at ikea in philadelphia only because it was easy enough to walk to the open mics afterwards because he's trying a new thing like please don't (laughs) please don't set him down to at a computer with quickbooks and be like all right just you know enter that and make sure it's on the sales fulfillment worksheet. I went, what was that second part? (laughs) So do you think it's the, uh, the speed in which they kind of put you into that world? It's like, if if they had like taken time and like spent extra time training you and stuff, do you think you'd be less clueless or you just not set up in your brain for corporate stuff? There are parts of my brain that I don't think I will ever understand corporate or office uh, I, I should say me either because I could not finish that sentence in any way that sounded at all like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I agree though. Like there is part of my brain I'm I'm wrapping my head around it, but by no means am I going to, you know, be the the head of this department or anything. Like I'm kind of content with doing what I'm doing and then moving on up in certain places throughout the job. But I do not want to be. This is not like the trajectory of being a waiter or being in retail where like the trajectory is very clearly put in front of it. Like you will go into management and then after that you will take your skills to like do a different job opportunity. This is more like, yeah, this is what you do and you should learn how to do it. Yeah. So you're, you're okay at it. Yeah. Might as well get good at yeah, it. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is where you are and that's fine. It's just, it's going in there blind has got to be, some of the most terrifying moments of my life of just like not having it completely under control. And maybe that's it. Like a lack of control uh, can kind of just render your brain useless and, and clueless where you don't know where to turn to. Yeah, I can relate to that because um, I became an independent contractor 20 years ago. And prior to that, 
I was fortunate enough to have a secretary or an administrative assistant that did all of my computer stuff. Mm -hmm. And I did not even have a good, strong grasp on email 20 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) And so, like, I didn't know what a Word document was. And so becoming self-employed and having to do everything, Mm -hmm. like learning Word document, I still couldn't do QuickBooks. but Learning, like for me, learning how to copy and paste took 10 years. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and I, so, I, I do see like there's other people in the office that sort of take that responsibility and ask the younger people in the office to do it. And it's just sort of a thing that they've arranged and worked out. And it's not like they're, no one's taking advantage of anybody. But it is interesting to see that like sometimes you have to stop and go like this is the wall. This is where I'm preaching. Yeah. I can't go as far as I can I go. I can't go past this. I need help. Um, and that's tough, especially as a young person where you're like, oh, I've reached this wall. I don't know where to go. It's like, well, you better figure well, it I, out. That makes me feel good to know that even you young people have us old people problems. Yeah, we got old people problems. Oh. My back hurts. And I don't understand QuickBooks. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, we're in the same club today. Yeah. Dan, now you say something old. I mean, I woke up today and I had a limp. Is there that you go. Where'd that limp come from? You don't know. I Welcome. didn't sprain it. I didn't stub it. I just had a limp. <laughs> Is that wow. something that made you feel clueless or? A, a little bit. I mean, it still hurts now. And I don't know why. It felt better and then it felt worse. And now it feels okay. So how but old also, are you? Are you still in your 20s? Me? I'm. Oh, yeah. That'd be wonderful. No, 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 I'm, I'm 30. 35? 35. 35? Oh, well. I'm 35. <laughs> I almost said 36, but no, I'm 35. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is your best decade, kid, so you better enjoy it. Oh, yourself. yeah. Yeah, I'm going to start exercising right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm either going to give myself a young heart attack or I'll be alive at 40. It could go either way. <laughs> Can't wait to find out. And listen, Dan, either way, we will do a memorial episode for you. Oh, I'm already planning. (laughs) (laughs) I will be in charge of my own memorial. Don't worry. (laughs) But Dan, cluelessness. Um, there's one that's actually kind of frustrating me lately is trying to make songs because for Mm. a while I felt like I was getting the hang of it and I kind of figured out because like I don't make it with any real instruments, so it's all kind of math and counting and plotting little dots on a screen so that songs come out. But for whatever reason, I've just, I mean, the same wall that, that George was talking about, like I have hit the wall where like nothing I make feels at all like what I set out to make. And I can't figure out how to like go from where I am to where I want to be, no matter how close I get. Mm. It's never, it's never there. And I, I know I have a tendency to like, undersell what I make and all that kind of stuff. But like, this is not that like I am out of my depth. Mm. It's, it's tough with that, that block or that break break to like, try to figure out where to go to or how do I get to, because that comes with time. Sometimes yeah. I find that sometimes it's better just to sort of leave it and then come back to it in a few, like the biggest thing with music growing up with it and, and making it and, and, and taking a stab at performing it for a living um is when you're recording you can sit there for 12 hours and fucking like nail it you're like this is it and then you come back the next morning and it is nothing like it is so beyond the point of fixable that you just have to like start re-recording track by track by track um and that is frustrating you learn to love it uh but you also learn that every three hours take the headphones off and go away for Oh yeah, this is not the thing I was I was working on at all anymore. Especially when you're like you're redoing like small parts that like it you you fix the small part and it no longer fits in the big part. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Well, how? How? Like it was <laughs> it was right there. Yeah. Uh, trying to put together the clips for TikTok and stuff. I don't know how it happened, but something glitched out where all of a sudden I had it edited and there was more clip at the end of it and i realized that i had like replaced a clip from where it was and then like moved it to the middle of it and i'm on my phone it's not like i can go out and try to cancel it and resize it where i need it to be 
Uh, so it was just kind of scrap from beginning and start over again because of one silly mistake that cost you the whole thing. Um, in guitar, See that with, in guitar, like, gr- or not guitar, garage band, the like music program that are on Apple computers. Uh, but that's the one that I got the hang of yeah. and no longer have access to. So I'm using other ones that are similar. <laughs> and you get as close as you can. But like, honestly, yeah. garage, garage band super user friendly, but you need to remember to hit lock on certain things or else once you shift it over a measure it understands that you're starting the song from that measure so it counts it so instead of counting it one two three four one it goes one two three four one two three four one two three like it just has this weird little drum roll in there that you don't want and it sets the entire song off balance and then you whip something across the room and you yell at the loved ones (laughs) There, there, there's a thing that happens every time, and it's the same thing that happens to me when I get a haircut, which is a very weird comparison, I know. But we're like, halfway through, I'm like, that's it. That's the thing I'm going for. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. But it is not the end of the process. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, that the haircut final result is like, I know it's going to grow back out, and it's going to be the thing I saw halfway. But with this... It's never going back to what I thought it was in the middle. Like it just—it's never going back. But you can... why not stop? Why not stop them when they're halfway with your haircut? I feel like I need to get my money's worth. It's a—it's <laughs> a weird thing in my head of like, I—if I stop now, then I'll only have hair that I like for like a week. Mm. My my hair grows back pretty quick and it's pretty thick, at least for now. And I'm going to gonna ride that as long as I possibly can. But keep, keep like, it if as I long as you get can. The, yeah, yeah. If I get the full haircut, then at least I'll have a couple more weeks of like right as it's transitioning into it and as it's transitioning out of it that I'll have hair that I like. Mm. And I, I know that logic is faulty. Just just like most things I make. The logic is faulty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, welcome back to Feel Feelings with Danny and George. I'm, I'm George. <laughs> the logic is faulty. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys are both musicians? Uh, yeah. It, George in a real sense, me in a very, very fake digital sense. I, comedy <laughs> was my second dream job. Music. Oh, uh, wow. Since I was about 13 years old, I've been playing. What do you bands. play? I play everything. I was the kid that showed up to band practice, and if the drummer didn't, then I'm playing drums. If the bass player doesn't, then I have to play bass. And I sort of picked up on all of them. Um, my son, my son's like that. He, um, well, he had 12 years of classical piano training, but so helpful, Gen- genuinely piano. Like having classical piano training and understanding theory as a whole yeah. is so important. I didn't pay attention enough to do oh, that. That's that's the only way I'm able to do any of this digital stuff at mm-hmm. all. They're like. I, I don't know how to write to the instruments I'm using, but I know theory on piano, and most of them are set up to look like piano. Yeah. See, like, like, I know zero theory. Things here and there, but I just, I learned it all by ear. I learned it all by wow. playing. Wow, that's a special gift. It's it's less of a yeah. gift than where I got really into punk rock, and I was like, well, that's four chords. I can do four chords. Like, I can figure that out. Like, I remember the first day that I was able to jump strings from the low strings to the upper strings and go, oh, my God, it didn't explode. <laughs> like, yeah, this was, I'm so, I can now have so much more open to me now that I don't have to play it all on one string the entire time. Yeah. It's uh, it, but like I liked learning like that. I liked, I liked going in clueless. I liked knowing that there, I know there are rules, but I'm not going to follow any of them. And through that, you realize that the things that you think are really cool have been discussed for years. Like you learn about, oh, yeah. you learn about the <laughs> diminished chords or augmented chords or or mm-hmm. um, what do you call that? dissonance like you learn about dissonance and you realize that like oh yeah when that wrong chord that i hit sounded so good why is that i was like well it's dissonance you idiot uh (laughs) yeah i i do love that feeling of like because i'll just like sometimes i go in with an idea other times i just mess around and like pull the parts i like and try to make something from it like combining the parts i like and so often i'll put stuff together and then i'll try to like do some research online to figure out like what would sound good with the notes I have and like the notes I put together randomly that I like are just actual chords. I'm like, Oh yeah. All right. Well, I, I didn't really come up with anything. I just did a thing I could have researched and done from the beginning. Yeah. 
it's that's the thing is that like going in, going into things clueless is fun. I will say that is the most freeing experience is to try stuff without knowing how to do it. That is so freeing. Like I went into comedy yeah. to like doing the exact thing that I tell comics when they ask me, how do I do it? I, I did it the exact way I tell them not to, which is like, I got up on stage and told a funny story that happened to my friend once. And it's like, my friend's not there. It's not an important story. No one cares. Like no one has their interest involved in this. Uh, and I yeah. did terribly. And then I said, well, I have to come back next week because I need to prove to you that I am funny, but I promise I will write jokes this time. Like <laughs> yeah. going in clueless is so much fun. Recently I have, I have friends, uh, past guest Mark Mayer, and then another friend of mine are in a group chat. And there's been a, a too long to explain inside joke of writing a song called Death in a Car. And it, it kind of came from seeing somebody you know, like a headline died in one of those uh, driverless vehicles, okay. whatever. Um, the, the joke became, wouldn't it be crazy if I wrote the song? Since the two of them are very talented musicians and can like turn stuff around like in a heartbeat, like they... They are. They know what they're doing, and the joke was just: Wouldn't it be crazy if I was the one who wrote this song that we were talking about? And there's just been multiple versions of songs called "Death in a Car" and like whatever. It's like some some sound like the Mountain Goats and the Hold Steady, and there was an ABBA one being talked about that isn't quite finished yet, but I'm really excited about. <laughs> but like me not knowing how to write a song, I've never I've never written a song like lyrics and everything in my entire life and eventually i will write this song but to uh have a contribution i just sequenced the stuff on the whatever instrument i picked to spell death in a car and it sounds awesome and like it just like <laughs> beeps beeps and boops but if you look at it on the computer it you can you read death in a car <laughs> and it like I, I went in not knowing what instrument I was going to do, not knowing like what key it was going to be in, how big the letters were going to be. None of that. I just started plotting it out. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And it came out so yeah. cool. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I'm not musically talent, talented, but I do write lyrics all the time. Um, my first song I wrote in high school, Something Contagious is Getting Outrageous. Um, nice. And, but... but I, it's ironic that you guys are trying to actually create art and I am just writing. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's part I, of it. Art, yeah. Writing is art. I will, I will say a hundred percent. Like I don't care if it's good though. Like you guys actually. No, I, see, I, I used to good. care that it was good. And then we've talked about it on the show multiple times before, but I did a fake band as a bit <laughs> and it has been so rewarding and freeing to just be like, I don't have to care. I can just yeah. do whatever I want. <laughs> I, I think I'm definitely too precious about it because, like, I, I've written my entire life, like comedy stories, scripts, whatever. Like, I've written my entire life, and there's for sure stuff I could pull and like turn into lyrics. But I'm just like, but this is going to be the first song mm. that I wrote, so like, I'm just way too in my head about like what that could mean. I think you should do it. And then we'll premiere it on this show. Uh, let's see what the people said about your song, Dan. Yeah. Ready to hear what the people said about our emotion let's first? Let's see that. Sure. All right. The first one we got. Listening to Gen Zers speak. Sure. Which, yeah, whatever. I I understand context clues. I, I know I don't know and will never use the slang, but, you know, if you pay attention to people, you can figure out what they mean. Uh, I, um, what was I going to say? It's, uh, it's very fun to be, like, do something like the TikTok video that I did and it not become mine and not become my audience. Like I gave it to a far younger audience to see if they uh -huh. would want to do something with it. Like when you put a TikTok out there, it's not for folks your age for the most part, unless it finds it that path. Um, I posted it the first comment it ever got. I had to look up because <laughs> it was a young person. They just wrote mid. 
Now, oh, now yeah. mid apparently oh, is that an one insult. Hurts. <laughs> that one hurts. I, I never, I never want to get that one. So what does it mean? Mid, mid it mean? means like it's fine. I guess like that's what yeah. I gathered from it. It's not. It's not good. It's not yeah. bad. It's. It's mid. Yeah, it's mid. Wow. Which which hurts yeah. more? Uh, tell me it's bad. It took me a couple <laughs> days to then write back to this person like, sorry, fam, I'll do better. <laughs> and this was after just, just like some no a couple stuff. thousand people had liked it. And I was like, this guy, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, though, like speaking of young people, I have a 20 year old brother-in-law and I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. They're tough. Uh, dating, dating is on oh, yeah. here. I uh, I have absolutely no idea how dating works, and thankfully, I've never really had to worry about yeah. it. Like I, I, I've just ended up in in nice relationships, and like they usually start before we date in a weird way. That like we usually know each other pretty well, and then we just are together. And like I'm in a pretty long and successful relationship now that basically started that way i'm just like yeah we just were talking and i guess you can count that as dating but like there wasn't like a real date until we were probably together for a little she's, while she's uh she's still really mean to me um <laughs> I, I really like this one specifically um the math core metal core show i worked yesterday where there were a bunch of people playing kendama Oh, I meant to look up what that was. I, I saw that somewhere recently, like the word, and meant to look it up then, but I don't know what it I is. I just, I like, I, it's not that is this I... Gen Z or slang? Oh, okay. I don't know how to play it, but I can show you the picture of what right. it is. It is that thing. Ball in a cup. Yeah, I think that's what I always assumed it was. That's ball in a cup. One of the, one of the houses I work in has it, but I think it, I think the ball's on a stick, I think, and you have to like, it's like so you're not putting it in something, you're like catching it. Okay, well, you're like stabbing wow. it. Ball in a cup. Um, I could be wrong I about can understand that. I've math only core. ever looked at it. <laughs> I, I can understand math core as a thing that people can be clueless about. Uh, it was never something that I was super into, but I would you know play shows with math core bands, and it is it is so interesting to see musicians and artists separate into two factions again of the people that do the art for the art and they're just like yeah fuck it, it's art and the people that have math brain where they're like oh, oh. no like I'm, i've written out colors and then i'll throw darts at these colors and each color is a passage of a song and it's my job to musically weave those colors together into a song of varying like keys and time signatures I don't understand math brain musicians. I've I've played in bands no. with math brain musicians. It's amazing to watch them work, but my eyes can absolutely glaze over. It's it's <laughs> it's one of those where like when it's been explained to me, I've never struggled to keep mm -hmm. up. But as soon as I have to explain it to somebody, I have no idea what I'm talking I about. I remember sitting like in the every once in a while I'll in the car, I'll sit down and I'm not surprised that this person has a song like this. Uh, but I am, I'm pleasantly surprised that they have a song. Let me put it that way. But, uh, <laughs> my fiance, uh, they, uh, they love Taylor Swift. She loves Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift on one of her newest records has a song in like nine, eight time, which means that's not real, yeah, which means every measure is <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one, two, three. Four, What's five. the eight then? It's just eight. It's just you have to go to nine each time. Each measure is nine notes. Wow. And it sounds weird and disjointed, like you can't dance to it. But that's the point. Like you're supposed to it's supposed to create unease. Uh, one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands called Motion City Soundtrack. They have a song in seven, eight time where it counts to seven each time. And it's like, you're not dancing in the crowd. You're just going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. It is weird how like naturally tuned, even like non-musical people are to like the one, two, three, four, or like one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight. That like, if anything kind of jumps from that even a little bit, you feel it even if you don't understand why 
yeah. your feeling. You just know. I it's know off. I can do. I can do two four. I can do three four, and I can do four four. I have never tried to experiment with anything else because it gets too. I I like feeling how I'm playing. Like I like kind of moving through it as I go. If if as soon sense. as I start to have to like, oh, I have to count to figure this out. No, I can't. I can't do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. Moving on. Damn. Uh, I feel like the the next couple kind of fall in the same line here of like the stock market is in there. Also, people who can do super complicated math in their heads, I feel like are both the same line yeah, of thinking. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That if you can plot out the stock market, you're probably pretty good at math thinking. Right. Uh, golf. Golf is so easy. I, <laughs> I don't. I'm bad at golf, and I'm marrying into a family of people that enjoy golf, so I'm gonna have to like sort that out. I don't. I, I, oh, if the, I, if the question is golf skill, yeah, yeah. no. If it, golf understanding, I I know exactly why my shots are um, bad. I, uh, <laughs> so we were we were out on the lake for for the Fourth of July weekend, and the jet ski that they have kind of crapped the bed, and we had to try to tow it, and we couldn't really tow it, and it was flipping over in the wake because there were too many people on the lake, so it was causing this big wake. Um, and the entire time, my future father-in-law is like, "Don't worry about it." We'll, we'll, We'll figure it out. And like he'd send my sister-in-law in to like flip the jet ski. And towards the end of the day, we had like gotten it into the harbor. Uh, and I just jumped into like the marina and realized as I was jumping, I was like, why are you trying to impress your father-in-law? Like this is <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all you're doing. Why, why are you doing this? And, like I could have just said, I'm trying to impress you. Splash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I miss crypto is also in here, in the so that, that gets lumped in with the last one. I, I think my too. favorite one, and I don't know if you want to leave it like this, but I like the I like the the photo that someone posted uh, a half hour ago of um, the cast of the movie Clue with a big like no smoking X through them. <laughs> yes, they are. This this post is now clueless. <laughs> Incredible. Also, that that post came from my friend who I was talking about, one of the people who has written a death in the car. Look at them. Get them on the show. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to cover on this? Um, Space. Yeah, I don't get it. And it freaks me out. That's uh, it. We're done with yeah, what the people I said. I think about that. that <laughs> I don't even want to talk yeah. about it. It makes me angry. Oh, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to talk about it now because it's my favorite joke that makes me kind of Covering feel warm. my ears like my headphones uh, are on the other side. <laughs> of, uh, there's Pete Holmes joke where he talks about how like, like space is getting like like space is just infinite nothingness and that nothingness is expanding, which means infiniteness is getting bigger. And that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. And we're just in it. <laughs> I think there's beauty in that. I think there's, Oh, I do too. We're all insignificant. And I love that. But also don't what? talk to me about it. <laughs> I don't want you to tell me. I just want to feel it every day when I walk outside and look at the sky. We're all stardust, and I think the the greatest shining star of all of us is Belinda. Belinda, thank you so much for coming on the show and doing the thank damn thing. Thank you for having me. This has been a pleasure, gentlemen. Of course. Yeah, you are welcome back anytime. anytime. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> this has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts. We're such a professional show!